Hello, everybody, and welcome back to At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher, and this week I'm joined by two guests. First, we've got Kitty back again for another episode. Hello. Yeah, and um, this week we've got a new guest on the show, Hannah. Who is... Hello, hello, hello. All right. Uh, So, this week... We will be covering one of my very favorite films, Fight Club, which I think is pretty good. I don't know what you guys think, but I think it's pretty good. Do you guys have any like general thoughts you want to give first? I had a lot of feelings. I had a lot of feelings. Okay. Me too. Were they good feelings or were they bad feelings? It's a both. Different points of the movie had different feelings, let's be honest. Alright then. I feel like, as a movie, as a whole, you know, it's hard to fault. It's very entertaining. It's well done. But also, like, the morals. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to get a lot of interesting conversation on this. Um, <laughs> so, just sort of for reference, how... Because I know, Hannah, you hadn't seen this film before. You sent me a very extensive list of films. Yeah, I, I did. There's a lot of movies I haven't seen, and this was quite high on the list of ones that I've heard people talk about, but I haven't personally seen myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've seen this film four or five times before. I think it's um, just one of the best films ever made, honestly. Um I remember when I first saw it, two years ago now, I think, nearly two years ago, I remember I watched it, and then I watched it again the next day after, which never happens. I very rarely watch, like, the same film two days in a row. But, um... I can't say I've done that personally. Yeah, I... It doesn't happen often, but it only happens for, like, a film that is, like, really, really good. That I just have to see again. I went through a phase of watching like Eternal Sunshine like every night before I went to bed. <laughs> really? Eternal Sunshine? Of all oh, the films gosh. to watch again, Eternal Sunshine is. N- <laughs> Jesus. I can quote most of it, but yeah. It's oh, crazy. God. But that's, an, that's another one of my extensive lists that I haven't seen. Yeah. I need to do Eternal Sunshine. I haven't. I've watched it once like two years ago. And I've, oh, not enough. No, and I put it as like one of the best films ever made, despite having seen it once. So I need, I definitely need to watch it again in the future. Well, I watched, I watched Fight Club for the first time like years ago, mm. and I remember really enjoying it. It was one of the first like more actiony like thriller things that I actually really enjoyed. Mm. But rewatching it like years later, I was like, oh, <laughs> mm. was, well, it's kind of not as good when you know the twist because mm. really you, you don't think it works as well because of the tw- you think the twist kind of makes the film less than yeah 100 percent. like this mm. is probably one of the one of the highest ranking movies that i wish that i, I could watch again for the first time you know because mm. it's not the it doesn't hit the same yeah yeah as someone who watched it for the first time the twist the twist really got me Oh, re- you didn't know I the twist. To my boyfriend next to me going, wait, th- what? what is happening? What's going on? What? <laughs> no, I didn't know the twist. So 
That's wow. That's I quite impressive. Basic, I do the basic quotes of the the first thing about Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. That's about all I knew of the movie going into it. So. That's actually quite impressive to not know because this is arguably maybe one of the most famous twists in film history. I would say, like, you know, I would put it as. It's also like a twenty-five-year-old film, so it's not a new yeah. movie. So no, yeah, it's 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 that, from. It's always gotten around, but. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety-nine. I think it was, which is like a while ago. Quite uh, impressive production-wise. Mm. Yeah, well... Yeah, now I know it was that old. It's like, oh yeah. gosh, that's actually pretty well done. Yeah. Um. So there's like a lot to talk about. Is there like a specific place we want to start with this? Because I made lots of notes uh, while watching this, um, but I don't know. Oh, so do I. I've got a whole page in front of me right now. <laughs> um. Do you... Like, does anybody have a place they want to start with? I just want to say, quick note, Tyler yeah. Durden is like, such a name, you know, it sounds like an 80s porn star name or something. It kind of does, like, not gonna lie. Yeah, like this big, bad, like, alter ego persona, like, crazy guy who's like a cult leader. His name's Tyler. It's <laughs> interesting. To be fair, for some reason, I just associate the name Tyler with just, like, very like weird nerdy white men like just the name doesn't strike me as like oh that's a real tough guy that like he's like you know he's a cool guy it just strikes me as like just like the a nerd but um yeah very normal nerd. yeah um yeah so do you like yeah does anybody have a place to start at all I think it was, I just want to say that, like, all around, entertaining movie, very well done, you know, it's technically great, but I think, uh, like, on the level, like, the morals and the actual, like, it's written very well, but is it written that well? Like, it comes off like it's written really well, but then when you look at it, like, the characters actually dimensional once you take away like the whole twist thing like i feel like there's not enough um world building and like character building like i guess it's kind of part of it that the protagonist is very isolated and like we don't know much about him and that's how the twist like actually works but i feel like if there was slightly more we don't know any of his family or friends mm. yeah i, I constantly what. found myself like itching to know what's this guy's name what's his story how did he end up here yeah but, but it never really gave you any of that mm -hmm. but, i mean if it did to it would probably give away the twist sooner than they planned to so yeah you can kind of see why they did things the way they did yeah mm. yeah he's uh because like edward norton uh, as the main character is, i think he's just called the narrator throughout the entire film they don't ha give him like you know an actual name which is like a f yeah. thing films do at times where they just don't name the main character and I think in some t ways it can work. Like, I think it could be very effective. But in others, it just seems like they're trying to be, like, you know, clever or trying to um, be something more, I guess, than they are. 
Um, they're trying I, to come across as like indie and artsy. Like we don't need to name this person. It's the mystery. Yeah, I guess you could. This character is an idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the most recent example I can think of was Christopher Nolan's film Tenet, because I think his name character is just named the protagonist, which I think yeah. doesn't add to the story or anything. It doesn't do anything. It's just that trying to be clever, I guess, for the sake of it, and not actually, you know, explain, like, sort of justifying why that is. Um, but I, I don't think... I mean, if you name... Edmund Norton's character, you, you kind of, that's the whole, the twist is that him and Brad Pitt are the same character, so you, if you name him, it just kind of, it ruins that twist a lot earlier, you know, the whole thing of, like, you know, that's the, that's like what the film is sort of building to, the whole twist, you know, and if you did, and if you name him, then you kind of ruin that twist. Yeah, but, like, I feel like, it could have uh, worked around that. Like, there are so many other concepts. Like, when he first, like, meets Tyler and he goes to, like, pick up his bag and, and then, like, steals a car or something. Mm. And the protagonist, like, gets in a cab. Like, is he, like, stealing the car or is he in the cab? You know, we don't mm. know. Like, there are so many continuity errors. I feel like having a name for the main character would him and Tyler which could even, you know, make the twist better. Mm. But I feel like, yeah, it just, it didn't work as well as it should have because, like, um, the ruse was already up, you know, there are already continuity errors, there's already themes that don't quite make sense, you know, and I think mm. having a name would have not been an issue in that regard, but yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been as impactful. Mm. Who knows? Um, because... Also, Brad Pitt. This is, like, the best role he's ever had. Oh, I've it's... never seen Brad Pitt like this before. What In what way? Do you mean, like, you've never seen him give a performance like this before? Or do you mean, like, he just works better here than in his other stuff? I think both. Mm-hmm. All right. I'd probably... Yeah, based on a lot of the other Brad Pitt roles that I've seen, it's a quite a clear departure from, especially mm. from when he was younger, because he was known as this big, buff, strong dude who's super hot, and then he appears mm. as a fucking crazy dude in this movie, so yeah. it's a big departure from what you mm. know of him. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd probably point to this as his best role, and, and same for Edward Norton, I'd point to this as his best role. Um, I haven't seen him in nearly as much as I have Brad Pitt, though, so that could be it. Um, like, I haven't seen American History X, which I've heard he's good in. Um, but, like, I think Brad Pitt very much is sort of cemented here, I think, as, like, one of the best working actors of this generation, I would argue. Yeah, um, I think without this role, you know, he would be... could be nothing. Well, I think also... Yeah, but I also think, because a few years earlier he did Seven as well, which I think also sort of helped to sort of show his range as an actor. And I think he's very good in Seven, but I think Fight Club just really cemented him as an actor. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And not just this super 
hot buff dude that yeah. you know, women swoon over, but like a serious actor. Yeah. You can be like, okay, he's actually good. He's not just here for eye candy. Yeah. He has actual talent. He's not, you know, just, he's not where he is because of how he looks. It's, it's genuine. They like, he's good at what he does. Um, so I guess what we're talking about performances, I guess we should touch on the rest of the cast who are not as, like, good. Um, but I think they still all work for what they, for what they are. I thought Meatloaf was really funny <laughs> <the> casting choice. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I saw the intro credits, I was like, wait, Meatloaf? Like, the, the singer Meatloaf? Yeah. In Fight Club? But then when I saw it, I went, okay, this actually kind of works. Mm. As good old big bitch tits Bob. <laughs> Love bitch tits Bob. Oh, that's that's one of my favorite quotes is, Bob had bitch tits. It's, it's I don't know why, but that line is just really just... It's just so, so silly, but it kind of works. Yeah. It's just like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's what we're going with. Yeah. Um, I've just looking at the, I've just got like the cast list here. Um, it's not a massive cast, honestly. It's primarily Edward Norton and Brad Pitt, but also, uh, Helena Bonham Carter as a uh, Marla Singer, the sort of, I guess, love interest, love interest. Yeah. But like sort of mentally not quite there, I guess. Like he's not the most sound person. Yeah, definitely not not the most stable. Yeah, I think she did definitely great. not. I think she was really well cast. Mm. Yeah, I yeah, the look this... was perfect. Mm. I think. Let me check actually, but I'm pretty sure I read something that Reese Witherspoon was meant to be in this, which is oh. just that it, wouldn't have worked. That it wouldn't have that worked. doesn't because well, first of all, this is going to sound a little harsh, but I think Reese Witherspoon. Is possible? Like, I don't know if it would have worked as well because of just like the way she looks and sort of how she's more of like um, uh, too clean cut. Yeah, Malasek. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Uh, um, you guys want to hear a joke? uh, Okay. How does Reese eat her ice cream with a spoon? (laughs) (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Sorry, you can cut that out. <laughs> I, I'm absolutely cutting that. Um, I'm just checking this to make sure. Um, anyway, um, also we've also got Jared Leto in this, who doesn't really... For a while I was like, wait, where's where's Jared Leto? Yeah. And I'm like, there's Jared Leto. Yeah. Uh, he's not really in it much, is he? Like, this is sort of before he was, like, the a bigger star. This is, like, one of his earlier roles. Yeah, he does okay. He gets the job done. Mm. He gets his faces ruined. Just absolutely ruined. Uh, just looking at what is, like, if this was his first thing or he does something beforehand. Uh... He did Requiem for a Dream the very next year. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I think is I've I've watched it. I probably should watch it again, but I quite enjoyed Requiem for a Dream. I don't know if it if it works if it like it holds up as well though. I don't know. I've seen it. I'll have to watch it again. 
Um, but besides that, there's not really many, like, big... Like, the main cut, like, the main sort of few characters that are, like, the recurring characters are big names, and then it's just sort of other just miscellaneous actors. It's not really, you know, a lot of big people in this. They're just sort of, from David Finch, a di- sort of a bit of a departure or difference from some of other da- David Finch's other works, which have much bigger casts with much bigger names as well. Are you guys fans of David Fincher? Am I a fan of David? Are we fans of uh, I haven't seen many of his movies personally. Um, I would put David Fincher as my favorite director of all time. Ooh. Uh, is that is that disapproving? Yes, I can see why people don't. It's overly pretentious, but I quite enjoyed it. I yeah. maybe because I enjoy films about films, and I think it's interesting yeah. to see the history of cinema. But I can get why people don't like it. Because it is... If I watched it again, it probably is too pretentious for me. Yeah, I, I think I enjoyed the format more than the actual movie. But yeah, I love David Fincher. He directed one of my like, all-time favourite TV shows, Mindhunter. It's absolutely amazing. Oh, I've heard yeah, that's I good. I haven't seen it, but I have heard it's very good. It's so good. Yeah. I think he does like suspense like so well like no one else, you know? I think mm. he's great. Mm. So, but you wouldn't put him as the as your favorite director, though. No, but I'd say top ten, probably. Mm, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I haven't seen all his films, but everyone I've seen, Alien Three notwithstanding, are all of very high quality. Um, there's a few, I, yeah, there's a few I haven't seen, but he's pretty good. He's pretty consistently good. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, do we just want to sort of go through the film, like, sort of scene by scene, or do, like, do you guys have, like, things you want to talk about now that you just want to get to? Um, okay, so, the whole thing of Fight Club, right, it starts, like, as an outlet for these, like, feelings that basically come from the protagonist, like, uh fragile ego or like toxic masculinity Mm, yes it's like a fight against consumerism and capitalism and the man Mm. everything but it turns into this like fascist cult that ends up being just as bad as what they're rebelling against Mm. i thought that was quite funny yeah Uh, yeah i'm like isn't like even just the fight club itself like isn't isn't this assault going around punching everyone i'm like isn't this assault i, I mean oh. they did they did what like they it did? they did terrorism. yes but i don't think the film is just the film doesn't justify that it shows that it's a bad thing like edward norton yeah. realizes it's a bad thing and he tries to stop it and i think like it it's not saying hey you should do this you you know you should Go blow up the credit card companies, you know? That'll be great. It's like it's not saying that, it's showing this is bad and you shouldn't do that because it's just not a good idea to, you know, commit those acts. I feel like the whole movie was kind of like a thought experiment, you know, like someone thought okay. Mm. And it kind of shows 
you know, there's no way out. <laughs> we live in a society that, you know, thrives off. Yeah, we, we live in a society <laughs> that thrives off, like, consumerism and capitalism. And there's no beating it. And if you try to rebel against it, you only end up imitating the thing that you hate most. Mm-hmm. But the cult is like, I'm saying the cult. I mean, you are right. It is kind of a cult, yeah. When I stopped saying, like, Bob's name. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I was like okay, this is a cult Yeah, that now. was real creepy. I'm like, Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think... Pretty, pretty fascist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you're, you're making valid points, but, you know, I, I think... I think... I don't know if you're if maybe it's just because of what you're saying, but I don't. You're not interpreting the film as justifying this and saying that's a good thing, right? No, I definitely don't think it condones. I just think it's interesting how it shows them. Mm, yeah, yeah, because I think there are some people who sort of, who misinterpret the film and think that the film is justifying or condoning what this is doing. And I'm like, it, it's not. Like, the entire, like, last third or so, well, the third act, is Edward Norton trying to stop this. Like, it's not, he's not trying to, you know, continue on with it. He's trying to say, hey, we shouldn't do this because, you know, it's bad. And I think that, yeah, some directors, and you know, might have gotten to, might have, you know, been condoning it, or act, or not not trying to, but they do in turn condone these actions. And I think there might be less capable directors who would do that, or would or would accidentally yeah. do that at least. And I think Fincher does it, and is it says, "Hey, this is what they're doing, but this isn't good. You shouldn't do this." And I, I think like, that's um. Sorry, no, you go. It's fine. I feel like this movie is what. Tarantino wishes he could make. You know? Oh, do, oh! You don't like? Do you not like Tarantino? I mean, oh no! Pulp Fiction is like his third best film. film I would put. Tarantino Hitchcock is very different to him as a person. You know, like, do I like Quentin Tarantino? One hundred percent. No, I would. Oh no, he's 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 a bad person. But he do I like is. His film? Okay. Yeah, I. Clip of him saying that he wanted a female editor for, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because he didn't want. Uh, he wanted someone who would obey him and listen to him. <laughs> Did he actually <laughs> say that? Do it how he wanted. Oh yeah. That's. Uh, yeah. He wow, that's terrible. I mean, that's not the what you said. So many other bad things, but still, that's that's pretty. Yeah. Look, I haven't looked into much to do with the whole controversy with Quentin Tarantino, but now knowing that, I'm like, eh, no. No more watching those movies. <laughs> well, you know. His movies are a different story to him as a person, you know, and you can look at different things that are reflected. Like, you don't have to agree with the morals to enjoy the movie. You know, like, Fight Club, very enjoyable movie, but I feel like the whole... There, there, are, many, there are many morals ingrained in it that are just very toxic bad things like the whole like reclaiming their masculinity through like violence and aggression mm-hmm. probably not the best message to be sending mm. but, definitely you know, not to watch. yeah i i do think well yes. 
the film definitely doesn't condone that. I also do think there are people who would interpret the film in the way of like, hey, we should do this. And I think this is a kind of film that you have to be careful with because you could be, you know, sort of in turn convincing people, you know, the more... The more they punch stuff, the more romantic they are. Which yeah, is sort of. Nice. Yeah, sort of enforcing the idea of certain people that hey, we should be doing this because this movie said so. You know, and I was, you know, because this is a generation of. I uh, uh, the quote is like something from Brad Pitt is like a generation of men raised by women. I think is the quote, and I think that there are people who interpret it in that way. And in fact, after the film came out, there were, like, several real fight clubs that were made and that people were going to because of this film, which, you know... I'd say I'm surprised, though. No, considering, you know... I, I think, too, for any film that does anything can honestly convince... probably convince people to do just about anything, really. I honestly think there are people who can be persuaded to do... who and sort of don't look at it in a way that the film is intended. I feel like a lot of people empathize too strongly with the protagonist to the point where they just blindly agree with whatever the protagonist's point of view is. Like uh, Joker, for example. (laughs) I feel like people... You know, the whole point of that movie was to look at it from his perspective and mm. I feel like a lot of people came out of that thinking oh yeah he murdered three guys with all of these reasons and yeah. that wasn't the intended message of course and yeah. that's not like a good message to be sending and that's not the truth yeah. like of the movie and obviously people shouldn't be killing people but something that I love about cinema you know people get so so close with the protagonist and who's like because you watch the world through someone else's eyes pretty much with like a, a character study like Joker or even like Fight Club you know you're seeing the world mm. through them so much that you just think that they're right and that's a very mm. dangerous dangerous attitude you know? mm-hmm. yeah it's like then you end up with real Fight Clubs and people but yeah if you look at this movie from an outside perspective not Tyler Durden's perspective, mm-hmm. there's almost no fault. Mm. You know? Like, I think um, you can look at the ideas that are, and, and think about them and understand them, and it's very interesting, but not agree with all of the messages that are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with Joker. Yeah. I think that... I think... Mm, I think there are films, and, like, you could sort of... Like the sort of characters and um, from film and television, where you can understand what they're doing and you can sort of get why they're doing this, but you cannot agree with them. Uh, an example that I just sort of thought of was um, Breaking Bad. Walter White is he's a drug dealer, which isn't a good thing, but the reason he's doing it is like you can understand why he's doing it. I think that's sort of a way you can try and you can write a bad characters you can not agree with what they do but understand why they do and possibly sympathize with them like a little bit and be like i yes i don't know if i would do this in your situation but i get why you are 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Then... Um... Yeah, again, I just don't really know. Um, oh, I want to talk about the CGI that this film employs at several points, which doesn't hold up. Well, some of it is alright, and some of it is very, very ropey looking, and is very much... Like, the opening credits, and the, um... There are also several bits that the film of certain scenes that, uh, sort of like a... Like with the buildings were oh, yeah. exploding. I thought that was done pretty well. Yeah. No, but I, I mean these sort of the scenes that sort of happen throughout the film of like the camera is sort of moving around through like it's like moving through like um like the the oven in um oh, okay. Edward Norton's place and the and it showed like the explosion and everything. Like I think that CGI is a bit weird looking. It doesn't really hold up as well as it probably should because i think like you know like a lot of cgi not a lot of cgi but some cgi really holds up well and i think this is an exact and some doesn't i think this is a film with kind of a mix of both like some of it really holds up and some of it doesn't work as well wait was this in when did this movie come out was it 1990 or was it 1999 1999 yeah well, okay, that really... Because Titanic was only, like, a couple years before that, right? Yes, it was two years beforehand, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, I don't think the CGI was as good as it could... But, you know, maybe it didn't have as big of a budget. Yeah, I, I, I was just thinking, the budget is, is, like, significantly low, I would feel, for this kind of film. In fact... Uh, I'm just going to quickly check the budget for the Fight Club's budget was $63 million, which is actually quite a bit more than I thought. I looked up the budget for Titanic and it was $200 million. That explains it. In 1997. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But I, I, I would point that Titanic doesn't, you know, have like a like, needs a pretty large budget, you know? I mean, it's, you know, a whole... It's, it's you know, like, there's a, there's a, there's a boat that crashes, you know? That's, like, that can't be cheap. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of the film. But also, I do think even some of the CGI in Titanic doesn't hold up as well anymore. And, you know... I that... mean, it's a film directed by James Cameron, so, you know, mm-hmm. you do the maths there. Yeah. Oh, I think the sound design is really, really effective and really well done. And I think that, like, the actual fights themselves that take place, I think are very realistic sounding. And it actually sounds like, you know, they are getting hurt in it very much. And it sort of like, yeah, this is probably what it sounds like and it feels, and you know. And I think that some films. It's very hard, I think, for films to portray like punching sound effects because it's it's like it, like lots of various different ways they do it. But I think Fight Club does it very well, and it sounds very like realistic. And I think that's sort of yeah. 
a part that uh, sort of works. I heard somewhere that they like um they bought like chicken carcasses or something and recorded them like punching them to get like the bone crunching noises, something like that, like in the sound. Yeah. Engineering I, studio. Yeah, I think I've. Was that this film or is it another film? I, I, I definitely have heard that, but I don't know if it was I'm from... I'm pretty sure it's Spy Shop. Okay, wait. Yeah, I think it's really important in, like, this film, 100%. Because, like, you know when you're watching a superhero movie, there's a big fight scene, mm-hmm. the suspense has led up to it, and then the first punch is landed, and it sounds like someone, like, slapping a piece of meat or something, and it's terrible. But Spy Club, I think, did it extremely well like i actually found myself like wincing mm. at some of the, like the punches mm. you know, it was done really well yeah yeah when the punches don't sound realistic it kind of kills the vibe you're like okay they're not actually getting hurt it doesn't even seem close to them getting hurt yeah. in real life yeah uh but and- no speaking of it's not just the sounds but actually the fight choreography in itself actually mm. is quite realistic looking like yeah yeah the way they're angled camera to the fight choreography it actually looks realistic like they're actually getting punched yeah i was like wait are they is, is this choreography or are they actually getting like punched yeah i i well this goes to there's the so the first see the first sort of fight is edward norton and brad pitt and they've just like walked out of the bar and edward norton actually punched brad pitt for real to sort of get like a genuine reaction from him and so he actually oh, punched. He? Yeah, he actually punched Brad Pitt like right in the ear oh, right. to get their sort of reaction, like their sort of genuine reaction to it. And that's why I don't. I don't think it's in the film, but it, there's like they sort of like they would pan back, and Edward Norton is just laughing because he just he just finds it funny that he's just punched, you know, Pitt in the ear, and he's in so in a, this pe- all this pain. Um. But I... back on that scene, if there was the same person, mm-hmm. how did that like was the with one approach? Because I feel like the two guys like approached him. What do you mean, like, like if Brad Pitt and uh, Edward Norton they're fighting outside of the bar, right? Yes, yeah. Like if it's the same person. Is he just punching himself in the face? Yeah, there's a scene. Did you? There was a scene of like it shows him, but he's just like fighting nothing. He's and he's reacting to getting hit from nothing, and so that's why these two guys approach him because they're like, "Hmm, this guy's interesting. Something's going on here." And so yeah, that scene where they reveal the twist the, of the movie where he's just punching himself at the back of the bar, and it's so yeah. And then they play all the other fight scenes where it's him just punching himself. So yeah, it's. And and that and the twist, and I think the twist. This is I guess we could just kind of get onto the twist and how I think there's a lot of movies that can that set up twist. Well, no, they don't set up twist. They have a twist, but there's no setup prior to the twist. It's just hey, we got a twist, you know. And, and I think yeah, it comes really out of the blue. Like I found myself going, wait, how does that work? And then they show all the clips, and you're like. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and then there's all the foreshadowing that leads up to it. There's a, a scene where he says that, like, oh, Tyler speaks for me. And so Tyler Dunn says, like, a line like he fell down some stairs. And then Edward Norton says, I fell down some stairs. And it's just... 
And you don't get that if you don't know the twist. But knowing the twist, you can get that. And I think it works. It, it makes sense that they are the same person. And it's handled very well. Yeah, like uh, when... Um, oh, I forget the love interest's name. Is it Marla? Yeah, Marla Singer. The love interest. Yeah, when uh, when she like comes downstairs uh, mm. the morning after... Uh, and she's like, he's like, what are you doing here? Whatever. And she's like, fuck you. You know, I thought that was, yeah. Like, watching the second time is a completely different experience than the uh-huh. first time. Yeah. Because everything then has, like, a different meaning. Like, he really, yeah, like, I feel like I only actually understand the movie. Mm-hmm. Watching it the second time. Yeah. Um, I, th- mm. I don't really know where you guys like have a, a thing you want to talk about because I, I feel like I've been talking a lot and I and I want you guys to talk about this, to talk about anything. Like, What's it? Sorry, uh, you. Go- I, I'm gonna let you guys talk for a little bit because um, just about something. Do you guys like have a thing you want to talk about in particular? Oh, not particularly. I mean, yeah, not particularly. Uh, well, you said you made some notes. So, like, sort of what were your first few notes you made on the film? Um, one of my notes literally just says, what the fuck is wrong with everyone? Because <laughs> they're all... Well, yes. Because... <laughs> They're all, when you think of it, like narcissistic, all mental health issues. There's mm. mentally something wrong with every, all of one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. When you find out that Tyler and the narrator are the same person, spoiler alert, but I'm sure you know by now. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about um, <laughs> Yes, I... exactly. Um, it made me think of a mental health issue that a friend of mine actually has called Dissociative Identity DID, where mm-hmm. you can, like, Phase out and assume that, yeah. Mm. Well, you can phase out and assume another ID and not know you're doing it. Mm. Like another identity, not know you're doing it. So that came to my mind going, this is what's wrong with him. He needs to get like treatment because it's a trauma based disorder. Like there's something wrong with him. He needs to get help, not Mm. get a bloody cult fighting club going on. (laughs) Yeah. Ends up becoming a bloody criminal cult. So. And Marla's got her own issues too. I mean, there's one scene where she just tries to, like, goes, I'm going to kill myself on the phone. I'm like, ah, maybe go to, like, a hospital? Yeah, maybe. She says, like, this isn't an actual suicide. Just one of those attention things or mm. something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I'm like, oh my god, okay. Uh, maybe get that checked out. Mm. Yeah, I thought, yeah, the, the idea of. Uh, mental illness not really being a thing. Very nineties. Uh, yeah, because it's very pro- like it's very obvious that they all have mental health issues, but it's not exactly addressed. Yeah, it's well, like you can't beat around the bush here. They all have a mental health issue. I mean, he's an insomniac, and who turns out to have a multiple personality disorder. So there's something wrong there. Yeah. Yeah. There has to be something somewhat wrong with all of them if they all think that, you know, 
punching each other up is a form of therapy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the opening, uh, in the opening sort of like introductory scenes of the first act, uh, you see him like going to the doctors and stuff, and he talks about insomnia. Mm. Uh, by the way, I have insomnia. Uh, so oh, really? So I thought, yeah, I thought the... Do they portray it accurately? I mean, see, it's mixed. He's a mixed bag, you know? He has, mm. like, a whole other thing going on with the whole Tyler thing, like, possibly DID. But the way that he describes insomnia, like, um, it's like never truly sleeping, but never truly being awake. Mm. That was really uh, pretty accurate, pretty good description, I thought. But yeah, the way that they don't sort of treat it as mental illness, and it's more just considered, like, character traits, I thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, because when he went to the doctor, he's like, can you, like, give me some pills to sort me out or anything? And the doctor's like, oh, nah, just, you'll be yeah, right. He's like, oh, yeah, people have to off you go. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, that's not how you fix this. Nah. It's not how this should be addressed. Mm. Nah. Um, I, I think I, that's one of the best parts, one of my favourite parts of this, is actually, is the scenes of him going to all the different help groups. I think... Ah, yay. <laughs> I think... That's how we come across Fitz Bob. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think that it's very much... Um, I don't know why, I just find that, that sort of... Him going to each of those places is really... I don't know, it's just really well done, I guess. I think it... Um, I... Th- the pacing of the movie overall, I think, is done really well. Mm. And it flows really well. And, like, for a two-hour movie, it does not feel... Like I, I made, ex- like, that exact note, basically. I basically just said, it yeah. moves very fast and doesn't drag. And I and I, when I was watching it again, I was like, ah, man, is this going to drag or feel like it's taking, you know, forever? And it really doesn't. It flies by for, you know, a two-hour film it sort of feels like it all happens. And I think that, um, you know... Yeah, I'm someone who struggles to sit through. Like, when I watched the movie Avatar, I had to do it in two sittings because it was just too much. Oh, yeah. oh that's but, fair, though. Avatar's God, it was Avatar is, is probably too long. It's yeah. just unnecessary. But this one, I like. I didn't think it was too long. I, mm. at one point, had to make myself dinner halfway through watching it, and I moved it from my computer to my phone so I could keep it going. <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, I decided, you know, it's a good time to watch Fight Club. Nine o'clock at night. Why are you going to bed? <laughs> yeah, I was watching it like four a.m. this morning, and he was like, "Think about insomnia." I'm like, oh, really, buddy? <laughs> it's like, oh, this is too real. Yeah. Yeah. I watched this in like the afternoon, which is a pretty reasonable time, I think. N- you know, not staying up till fucking nine o'clock or being awake at four a.m. to watch this. You know what? <laughs> I, 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 oh, I had work the next day too, so I've stayed up till like midnight watching this movie, then gotten up for work, and I'm like, this is fine, this is great. Yeah, the pacing is definitely mm. amazing, like, definitely. Like, I've seen better movies, better written movies that haven't done the pacing this well. Ah, oh, okay. Like, what? Well, yeah, so I've good. seen movies where, it, where, like, Avatar drags on forever, and then other movies. Movies where I'm like, this is moving too fast. I can't actually keep up with what's going on. Yeah, like um, 
I'm thinking of ending things is fantastic movie. I definitely like it a lot better than Fight Club. I definitely think it's better written, uh, better, you know, set design, better acting, just better movie. But if you compare the two just on like pacing alone, Fight Club definitely flows a lot better. It definitely doesn't feel like you're just like sitting there waiting for it to end, you know? And I mean, it's two and a half hours long, so that's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a lot of films that very much, like there's certain films that probably, that are this length, that I feel like they take forever, and I think this... Yeah. Fucking Avatar. <laughs> Fucking Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. I, I think also this is a film, it doesn't go, it like, it doesn't go on forever, and it doesn't sort of go longer than it needs to, I feel. I sort of think that it sort of reaches the climax at, like, the perfect point. It sort of goes along and sets everything up and does all of this, and then it gets to the end, and it's not, like... There's no scenes, I feel, that are pointless or don't add anything or don't sort of have character building or are, like, like foreshadowing for later on. I think every sort of scene is required. I don't think that it goes too long. I agree. Yeah, there's no filler scenes. Like, every scene, you need it to build that story. Yeah. Because I, I hate movies that are full of filler scenes. I'm like, cool, skip this. I don't mm. need this. But this one, I'm like, now I think about it, every scene was needed in order to work out the twist and get the full plot of the story. Mm. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, like, thinking... that There's probably films that are... Like, there are films that are, like, two and a half hours, and they've got a lot of filler in them. Uh, like, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. But there are, like, films that are this length that have a lot of filler that don't need, you know, nearly half of the scenes that it features because they don't add anything. That there's no point to the them. Avatar. Again. Avatar. I've, yeah, Avatar is yeah. way too long. I just really didn't like Avatar. I thought it was boring. <laughs> I think that's a pretty consensus. That's the, the consensus of a lot of people. It's not great. Really overhyped. Really overhyped. Avatar 2 is coming out like next year, I think. Oh god, not another one. Avatar 3 the year after. All these Avatar films were meant to all be out by now. The fourth one was meant to be out like like two years ago. They haven't even finished them yet. He's still got like three more he's making. This is insane. Um, Look, I'm sure it was a better film in 3D, but I watched it at my grandparents' house when I was about 12. So not long after it came out, mm. and I'm like, this is just dragging on forever. I'm so bored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I have to finish it because everyone said it was good. And I'm like, okay, half this movie wasn't necessary. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing David Fincher does really well sort of in general in his films is there's no, in all of his films, of the ones I have seen, there's no filler. Like, all the scenes are necessary. They build character or they progress the plot or there's... It just, it does something that they're all necessary in some way. Some are bigger and more important than others, but it's all necessary. It's not, he doesn't seem to leave in the things that don't add anything. He just keeps everything that matters. Mm. Yeah, I think the editing is very good in all his films. Um, Like Gone Girl. I haven't seen, but I have. Oh. You gotta watch it. It's not necessarily 
amazing. Mm. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty linear story, mm. but it's just so perfect, like so perfectly told mm-hmm. like, story-wise. Like he does the to a T, like perfectly. Mm. He builds suspense so well. Mm. Like almost textbook, but so great. Mm. Um, I've got a quote that I like to read for you, and I sort of want to get your guys' opinions on this specific quote, right? Okay. Uh, so this is... So it's like, a, it's like two people saying things. It's, it's Edward Norton's character and Marla's character. So this... Um, so when people think you're dying, they really, really listen to you instead of just waiting for their turn to speak. And I think I that's... That as well. I think that's a really good quote. And I think it sort of helps to, it sort of helps to establish this universe of people who just do not care. Like, you know, throughout it, Edward Norton and other people are, you know, beaten up badly, but there's no, people don't talk to them, hey, what's happened? Or they don't make a sort of point about it. They just sort of continue on, like nothing's happened, like they are not. And I think that's a very, um... And I think that quote very much sums up a big part of this film. Yeah. And I think it's very relatable as well. Mm. You know, it's, uh, it's about loneliness in a way. Yeah. You know, people struggle finding people to connect with and mm. feel like people aren't really listening to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, I feel like it doesn't just reflect the world of the movie. It just reflects society in general. Yeah. Just, mm. yeah. Everyone's just in their own little bubbles. They don't give a shit. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best quotes of the film, in my personal opinion. There's like, you know, and, and it's. That is bitch tits Bob. <laughs> yes. Uh... Bitch tits Bob! Yes. Yeah. Um, I would also argue this quote is perhaps the most poignant of any quote in the film. I, I can't think of any other quote that is as poignant as this. I, I think there's some quotes that other people might find poignant, like, sort of, some quotes that Tyler Durden makes about society, and how, sort of, what this gener- th- that generation of men are like. Some people might find that more poignant, but I don't, because I know that he's, you know, the bad guy. He's essentially the villain, so I shouldn't agree with what he's saying, because he's the bad guy, you know? Very much an anti-hero. Mm. Yeah, he's basically the villain painted as a good guy, and then you go, hang on, you're the villain. Yeah. Maybe we should agree with what you're yeah. saying. And that's sort of what Edward Norton's character is, you know, sort of looking at Tyler Durden as this godlike figure, I guess. And then sort of coming to the realization and understanding that, hey, maybe he's not as great as I think he is. I saw this um, this article a while back like, on like, Letterboxd, I think, mm-hmm. uh, about how Blackpop can be seen as like a, a metaphor for Buddhism, uh, and how a big thing meant. And then once you reach that point, you have to kill your Buddha because you don't need him anymore. You know, you don't need the guide because uh, you found like who you are. And I feel like that is quite cool because. Uh, that can be like reflected when he shoots himself in the head. You know, he's killing mm. Tyler, he's mm. killing his Buddha, he's killing his God. 
that mm-hmm. he doesn't need it anymore because he's like found himself. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. Thought that was interesting. But mm-hmm. also, if he well, he does. But if you just shoot yourself in the mouth, wouldn't you like die an instant bloody disgusting death? Well, it depends on the gun and. I think it depends on like the angle. I think it depends on how you. I think it sort of depends also on how you do it. I think I think the gun definitely sort of matters what type of gun you're using. But I also think because he doesn't aim it like sort of directly at the back of his head towards his brain. He sort of it goes through like his cheek, right? So I think that's. Um. I still should be like going to hospital for like immediate medical attention because there's mean, a heap of arteries in your face. Oh no, he, he absolutely should be, but he doesn't have time for that. He's got to watch the buildings explode. He has to hold hands with his girlfriend. Yeah, because you know priorities. Yeah. Yeah, priorities. Um. I really like that ending though. Sort of cute. I like the song as well. Mm. Fit really well. Yeah. I, I, I've heard some complaints about the ending and how sort of people think it's sort of... I don't remember what it was exactly, but I think it's sort of people think it, it's glamorizing this. And I don't know if it is exactly glamorizing it. I think it's just two people sort of watching, like, this sort of thing happen and just sort of have to sort of figure out what they're going to do next, you know, together. Yeah. I think, you know, that's that's life, you know? Mm-hmm. You just have to sometimes watch the world burn, quite literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it was glamorizing. Anyway. I mean, I think some people, again, some people can interpret it that way, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't think that was intended. I just think people with maybe a weaker sense of self than others can like, cling to ideology shown in these types of movies and like Tarantino movies mm. as well and Nolan movies they'll kind of attract some of the same kinds of people who are just like yeah I want to fight people because I resent my mom uh, because my father left and all this shit but I don't think it necessarily does that I don't think any movie necessarily does that but I just think it depends mm. on how you look at it so, so what you were describing was just an incel then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because I think there are definitely those kinds of people who are like, oh yeah, Tyler Dunn, he's right, I agree with him. And then it's sort of just like, well, no, you shouldn't. He's objectively wrong. Like, what he's doing is bad. You can't, you shouldn't agree with him. Like, people who look at these kinds of films uh, as a way to normalize like glamorize violence mm. and uh that kind of thing oh, i think someone my neighbor just started mowing their lawn i don't know if you can hear that but i can't hear it okay good i think yeah it just 100 depends on the perspective and i don't think movies uh made to may make i mean of course movies uh, you know, they position the audience to feel some way, but I don't think it ne- necessarily should, you know, because it's a personal experience. You know, mm. it depends what mindset you go in there with. Mm. It depends if you look at it objectively or subjectively. Mm-hmm. You know? And people who think, like, like, oh, Flight Club's bad because 
it normalizes violence. It's like, no, it doesn't. It, it just doesn't, though. It normalizes right? violence within yourself if you think of it a certain way, you know? Yeah. I think... I don't know. It's like, yeah, the film doesn't normalize this or, or glamorize it. It's it's not like it's try. It doesn't show the fights or the violence to be like, oh, this is cool. It shows that it like this is bad and that it is painful, and that you probably shouldn't do this because you will be hurt quite a bit. Um, and I think the scene, the scene, the um, of uh, Edward Norton and Jared Leto, where he just ruins him is is very difficult to watch honestly it's it's very much like it's it's very just sounds just painful and it's just really you know doesn't it doesn't glamorize and say hey you should be doing this because it's great it it, do, it doesn't do that it doesn't work like that but do you think um the uh, this is like somewhat irrelevant but like the attitude that the movie has towards like women is quite interesting like um you know bitch tits bob he has boobs he's seen as like feminine and mm. he's also seen as like weak you know he like yeah. he dies he cries a lot and mm. um that scene you know the scene where tyler and the narrator tyler's in the bath and like regeneration of men raised by women Mm. And I don't think the answer is another woman or something like that. It's quite mm. there's some negative connotations, mm. which aren't the best. Yeah, very much, very much toxic masculinity. Mm. I think that is very. Um, I I I do think that's sort of what the film is trying to portray is like a ro- like a bad thing. I I don't think it believes yeah. that. And I, I, this goes to the whole sort of what it shows and how it in, and sort of shows it to the audience of. It's not saying this is a good thing or they should be saying this or anything. It's very much like this is, you know, what he thinks. And, you know, this is just sort of what he... Yeah, this is his belief, but it's not the right belief. But it's what, you know, yes. certain people can or... Or like will believe, you know. Yeah, it's always slightly worrying. Like if you meet someone and you know you're talking and they say their favorite movie is Fight Club. Why is that worrying? Uh, an idiot. It's like it's like are you in a fight club or are you just a violent person? Or yeah. Like Sorry, a- you guys cut out for a second. Can you just repeat what you were saying? Sorry. Um, it's always worrying when you meet someone whose favourite movie is Fight Club and you can't tell if they're, like, the incel kind of fan that thinks, uh, they should start a Fight Club and they think that Tyler Durden is, like, the hero or if they're the kind of person who does look at it, like, objectively and just enjoys it for the movie that it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think... There are films like this that sort of can sort of those kinds of people would say, oh, this is exactly how I feel. Society just doesn't get me. Society, I'm not the problem. Society is the problem, you know? And I think... Yes. Like the average Rick and Morty fan. 
man. Um, but I think this kind of goes back to we were talking about Joker earlier of how th- that sort of film can be interpreted by those sorts of people as being, you know, that kind of film of like. I'm not the problem, it's society that's the problem. What I do, I'm not doing anything wrong, society is just treating me bad, because I'm just, you know... Because I'm different. Because, you know, I'm just... You know, I don't know. It, you know, the idea of, like, I'm treated differently because of, you know, I'm just... It's because I'm a white guy. So therefore, society treats me differently because I'm, you know, white, and you know, that's apparently a thing. There's apparently white genocide. This is a this has gone on a tangent, but I think that sort of this is a film that was sort of making a point of that you know those sorts of people who sort of think that you know of society is getting more, I guess, feminized. You know, more it sort of was more women and sort of well, of the way. What, sorry? More equal? <laughs> well, they wouldn't say that, but yes, it is more equal and sort of showing that, hey, you're not any less of a man or you're not more of a man because you can beat people up. You're just a dick if you do that. It's it's like, that's not a good thing. You can't, like, you shouldn't be doing that because it's bad. It's the sort of idea that... Um, you know, this is what there are people who do think this, and I, and it's like, but you know, you shouldn't think that way because that's not a good way to look at things, and and I think that that's still a relevant message today of certain groups of people who think they are being oppressed when they're not. Yeah. There's just equality for other people, and it's it's just like, you know, and I. I Mm. Um, just saying what else I want to talk about. Um, another one of my favorite scenes in this film is the scene where Edward Norton, the narrator, is in like his boss's office and he starts beating himself up and it's like oh, yeah. thro- and throwing him into like shelves and into like the glass table he's got. I think that's a really effective scene. And it reminds me, this film actually, the more I think about it, is sort of a bit reminiscent of American Beauty. Like, not massively so, but it's got a couple similar themes and ideas to American yeah, Beauty. The sort of thing of like, uh, like the sort of idea, like, what is, like, why am I, like, why do I do this? You know, the sort of the consumerism and the idea of like, this is what society tells me I should be doing, but I don't know why I am doing it. I'm just doing it because I've been told this is what I need to do. And I think the scene of Edward Norton beating himself up is kind of reminiscent of a scene in American Beauty with Kevin Spacey. Like, there's uh, in the scene in American Beauty where he's, like, sort of blackmailing his boss, essentially. Like, I think that's sort of a similar thing. I mean, the way he does it is different. He doesn't beat himself up. He instead says he would accuse his boss of sexual misconduct, which is incredibly ironic, considering it's Kevin yeah. Spacey. Um, but I think that's sort of just a similar scene and the way it um, 
plays out. Yeah, I thought that was really well done scene, definitely. Mm. Mm. Um, so we've sort of been jumping around sort of the, the plot and sort of various different parts of this film. Um, I'm just looking at any other notes that I made. Uh, Hannah, do you have any more notes you want to talk about that we haven't particularly covered? Just sort of in this general discussion. Uh, well, I have the note here that when Marla and the narrator, when they meet each other in the in the therapy sessions, yeah, where he's gone, what are you doing? taking over my sessions but i'm also like you're both doing the same thing yeah when you uh, think about it yeah so why is marla doing it wrong but him doing it right is or doing it is right i didn't understand i'm like but you're doing the same thing i think it's because he's looking at it in a way that like he's doing it and he doesn't like that someone else is doing what he's doing because I think he knows it wrong. He yeah. knows it's wrong, but he also feels like he needs it. You know, like it's mm. it's his safe it's his space, safe space. Mm. If someone else is there being disingenuous, mm. uh, he doesn't yeah. feel like he can. You know, he doesn't feel like he has an outlet anymore. Yeah, and that uh, is why he starts the Fight Club. Yeah, that that's one of my favorite. Yeah, it's a bit bizarre. Yeah. One of my favorite bits is where they're talking, and he's telling—he's like naming all the places he's seen her at, and then he named, and then he's like, "I saw you at like testicular cancer, like that the therapy group for testicular cancer." And I'm like, "There's no one else just find that a little bit odd that there's a woman at a place for testicular yeah. cancer." It's just, but I also think yeah, if you're gonna try and stick in the sessions, you gotta make it for ones that you could actually realistically attend. Yeah. Yeah, like, all the other ones are fine. Like, they all make sense. Like, she could... But, like, testicular cancer is highly unlikely. Um, I mean, I've had a lot of women with testicles in my life, personally. (laughs) Um... I'm just looking... Yeah, um, I'm just looking at other notes. I think the idea of Edwin Norton going to these different um, help groups, the idea that no one else listens to him, so he has to sort of resort to this sort of method to sort of get people to listen to him, to, to care about him, is quite depressing, actually, like, when you think about it. The, like, sort of, no one else will care for him, so he has to pretend he's got all these problems so that people will listen to him. You know? Yeah. But I feel like uh, that's slightly slightly strange because we are unintroduced to it. Like, we see him as a person mm. who's completely isolated from society, but we don't know why. We don't know what happened to his mm. family. And even mm. when he starts to talk slightly about his background with Tyler, he's like, my dad left when I was six. Mm. And then Tyler talks about how his dad pressured him to go to college. And then mm. the narrator's like, yeah, me too. It's like, well, which is it? You know? And we never mm. really know fully why yeah. he's like the way he is. Mm. We never really fully know. But I think... Yeah, that's yeah. kind of... Now that you've said that, it's a really contradictory statement. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, did your dad leave? Or did he pressure you? But I guess he could leave, but, you know, because custody arrangements and all that kind of shit. 
he could still and mm. he could have left like a family so it could have yeah. been that sort of thing but he's almost dramatized it to make it look like oh dad left never seen him mm. again yeah i just feel like it needed a bit more truth like there needed to be more of a core to his character and we i feel like i would have appreciated it more if we knew him a little better we had more background we knew why he was like that you know and i think that could have been explored in third act instead of all the running around after project mayhem but mm. it's still it, it's i don't know i'm fine with it having not done that like it's still a solid movie still very entertaining mm. i feel like it would have been a little more interesting because like this is such a great concept very interesting concept it would have been slightly more interesting or i would have enjoyed it more if i focused on him more as a character and if i focused less on the on the actiony side of things. Mm. yeah i think that yeah, the sort of idea that society as a whole is sort of, like, we sort of live by what we own, you know, if we see, you know, there's this new, you know, there's like, there's the sofa that to own, or this TV, or this cat, you know, or this sort of thing like that, the sort of message and the idea that we just sort of buy it more for a, a, necess- a necessity to feel complete and to yeah. to sort of make ourselves feel more than we are and to sort of seem more interesting or impressive, I guess, than we actually are. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that... The, the film has sort of got some messages it wants you to take away and others it doesn't want you to. And I think that... I don't know, to me anyway, it it works. I don't feel that it's sort of contradictory or doesn't really work. They sort of all sort of make sense that the mess the messages it wants you to take away. Now, whether you interpret those messages correctly or not is a different matter, but the ones it wants you to take away, you know, sort of make sense. And, um, like, they just, it, it, it all works, basically. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, there's a scene I want to talk about, which might be my favorite scene, which is the scene of um, when Brad Pitt gives Edward Norton the chemical burn. Oh, amazing. I, really like I think it. that's a really good scene and like probably the best thing. I, I sort of the idea of like... Well, first of all, that is a very interesting thing to look at because it's himself, so he's just he's purposely, you know, burning his own hand. But which is a really fucked up thing to do when you think about it. Yeah. Self-harm. Yeah, like self harm is you know never good, and it's sort of. No, it's never a good thing. Yeah. There are other ways about it though that mm. aren't don't involve you know acid, rotting like burning your skin away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's really well done. I think they get the two actors give like a really good performance. And I think the dialogue also between each like of each character works. And I like the sort of way of Edward Norton. He tries to go to his happy place, and he's thinking about you know 
from his like therapy groups and the penguin and the sort of the cave i guess and then brad pitt just sort of wants him to sort of focus on the pain and look at it now and uh, there's a really good quote in this scene which give me a second i gotta find it um one of this i think this is the quote it's like um <clears throat> the quote is i've got it here um our fathers were models for god if our fathers bowed what does that tell you about god and i think that's a really again this film just has a lot of really good quotes that portray the that sort of portray and sort of help to explain who the characters are and what they believe and such Yeah, I'd be interested to read the book. If you didn't know, yes, the yes, I I'm aware it's it is based off a book, which there are a couple there are two, there are two sequels of, in fact. For oh. the third Fight Club book came out uh, 2019, in fact. Let me do a quick check on this, but I I didn't know it was based on a book until after I'd seen it, I think. And I think it's a very and apparently the book is not. Like, like, it's a good book, but it's nothing like, um, like, it's not as good as the film, and it's not as, you know, great as you might think it would be. Yeah, I feel like if I were to read, to read the book, yeah, I would hope for more background on the protagonist, mm. but I think that's all I could really ask for, you know, because the movie is good. It's a solid movie. It's great. Mm. There's not really much that I feel like... Uh, I could improve on except mm. for like the small continuity stuff mm. and the the background of the protagonist mm. uh yes yeah, so they made a sequel to fight club which was released in a comic book format uh in may 2015 and then uh fight club 3 was also released in a comic book in 2019 so i'd be very interested to read these comics and the original book i, I believe the sequel is about sort of the continuation of Marla and the narrator's relationship That's following. Interesting. I would like to see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I sort of... Because I think we're just about done, basically. Like, Do you guys have any sort of final things you want to mention? Any final notes or... Uh... I think I've covered everything. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to make um, well two final things. First of all, uh, I we talked about the foreshadowing of the twist earlier of Brad Pitt and Edward Norman being the same character. And if you notice about the film, there's sort of little insert shots of Tyler Durden just like appearing like for a split frame, for like a frame or something. And you and you, you know you probably don't notice the first time you see it i mean i know i noticed it but i because i knew the twist already so i was sort of looking for okay so i know what the twist is i'm looking at the foreshadowing of that twist you know and uh so they're just at several points there's a couple points there's like insert shots of just brad pitt just like appearing and then disappearing uh which i think is really i didn't good. notice that but no that's quite cool. And um, there's an, another one of my favourite scenes is when that when Edward Norton is sort of talking about Tyler Doan and who he is and how he works at um a th- at like a cinema, and there's the cigarette burns scene where he where he points to the corner of the screen and the cigarette burns, and it, and I, I believe if I remember correctly there are a couple points out oh, of the I film. What sorry? I was saying I remember that scene when he's cutting all the film. 
together. Mm. Yeah. Which, like, why was the kid crying if it was just for, like, a split second? Like, the kid doesn't know. He probably thought it was a mushroom or something. <laughs> anyway. Jesus Christ. But, um, there are a couple times throughout the film where you, in the corner of the screen, there are the cigarette burns, which apparently is not accurate, and it's not actually how it works. I, I like, did some research, and, like, that's not real. I think David Finch just did it because he could. Which I think it's, it's a very nice visual. I think, like, late 90s, no way they were still, like, changing film reels. Oh, absolutely not. I think they, if, they probably were able to do it all on, like, one reel. They didn't need to... Well, they probably would. Yeah, or, like, VHS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's... That's another thing I liked about the movie, was all the times they broke the fourth wall but talked directly to the audience. That was a key scene when they talk about the film and they mm. point to Cigarette Burn. They mm-hmm. were not characters just talking to the audience. Yeah. There was quite a few instances of fourth wall breaking, and I, mm. I liked those in the movie. Yeah. I like fourth wall breaking, but only if it sort of works and sort of if it makes it like, because that the entire film, it is basically Edward Norton is narrating the entire film more or less. And so when he talks to, and he talks to the audience, it's sort of, it is in keeping with the rest of the story. And it doesn't just sort of come out of nowhere. He has been doing this throughout, basically just him talking about yeah, yeah. himself and what's been happening, basically. And I think there are some films that just sort of do that for the sake of it, and it doesn't actually add anything to a story. They just do it because they think it's cool. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's it, though. I think we've pretty much talked about most... I think that's pretty much everything we've talked about. Right? I, I mean, unless you guys have any final things you want to say. Yeah, no, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I'm just looking over my notes, and we've pretty much covered everything. I'm, I'm just so, going to quickly look yeah. at my notes. Everything. Um, I want to, before we give ratings, Anna, if you want, you can give a rating for the film. Uh, just in a minute, though. Uh, did you know that they made a fe- quasi-like female reboot of Fight Club? No? What, like Ghostbusters? No, I did not know that at it's, all. Well, it's not called Fight Club. It's instead called Book Club. No, that would that would be a better title, by the way. It is called Chick Fight. Oh no, that straight up sounds like I'm like, a porn for a very niche group. I'm definitely gonna watch that. It is, yeah. It is, it is. It is. It stars Bella Thorne. And Alec Baldwin. I think I saw an ad for this movie once, and I'm like, what is happening? It came out last year. Yeah, it came out last year. And, um... I don't want to see it, because it sounds shit, and it apparently is, but I also want to see it to see how bad it is. Um... Looking at the ratings for it, it got 4.6 out of 10 on IMDb and 13 Rotten Tomatoes. So, look, yeah. the ratings aren't great. No. But it, it could be a crap film. Who knows? Yeah. And, and, and when I initially... Bella Thorne hasn't been amazing. 
everything. I don't really think she's good. I don't have a, I don't even know what she's. Okay, I was like, I haven't heard it be great in anything. And I remember when I first heard of it, I was like, no, just no, that doesn't work. Like the difference between this and like say Ghostbusters is like Ghostbusters, you know. I, I think, I don't know, the plot of Fight Club, to me anyway, feels like it's kind of maybe more difficult to do it with women. I don't know if that's just me, but I think the message that it's, I mean, you could probably do it with women, but I don't know if the message would work as well. Yeah, exactly. It works the same way, because the whole the whole point of it being like... um. The, the men being raised by women and then like reclaiming the masculinity yeah and like the whole the whole like uh, aggression is manly thing yeah yeah and the whole the subject matter around having toxic masculinity yeah involved with women yeah I feel that... like if there was to be a female version it should be like similar but in the opposite direction you know like sort of the way women fight too <laughs> So, so would even you... that just sounds like it'll be horrendous. Yeah, no, yeah. terrible. So, so you would mean like sort of the society, the way society is sort of looks at women as who fight as sort of a neck weak. Yeah, yeah. But that too fair that even then, that sounds terrible. Uh, yeah. And to be fair, I actually forgot it was gonna it was coming out. I heard it was happening, and then I just like sort of forgot about it until like recently for the purpose of this podcast. I remembered that oh yeah, they made that, or they were making that, and then I realized oh it came out last year. Oh no, um, but I part of me, the sadist in me, wants to watch it. Yeah, same. Uh. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Do we want to do ratings for this? I'll let you guys go first because I feel I'm absolutely going to be the most positive. Okay, I'm probably going to be the most critical. Okay. So, all I'm right then. Rate this uh, 7.9, which is quite low because I do think it's a great movie, 100%. But I just didn't really connect with it. I think there are some things could have been done better, but yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. All right, Hannah, do would I give it a rating? Yeah, I'll give it a rating. Yeah. Um, I'd probably give it an eight point five, just because it's not right. the kind of movie I typically watch. I'm a giant child who likes comedy movies and Disney movies, personally. But... <laughs> yeah. But no, for me, it was. I'm not usually into the whole action thriller kind of movie, but I. I couldn't, as like I said, I had to go cook dinner and I moved it from my computer to my phone. I couldn't stop watching it. I mm. had to know what happened. Yeah. It hooked me in. Yeah. But there are a few things mainly to do with, if they remade it today, how mental health is dealt with in mm. the movie I don't particularly agree with, mm. personally. And there's some things where I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you all? Mm. Like, you need help, not if I can Yeah. So, yeah, I don't agree with the morals of the movie per se, but... Mm. In terms of how it's done and all of that, I think it's a great film. So, mm. hence the 8.5 rating. I, I was right. I am going to be the most positive. Um, th this is a 10 out of 10 film. Um, it 
is just it just, everything about it I just love. I think the just the way it like the performances are great. I think they all work. There's no filler scenes. It doesn't where like like all the scenes are just there for a reason. There's no pointlessness. It doesn't just drag on forever. It moves at a very fast pace. The the sort of morals and the sort of um ideas and concepts that the film decides to tackle I think are all done extremely well and I just think it sort of everything just sort of works and I think this might be the highest rated film I've done on this show I think I'm not sure yet but I'm pretty sure and I, I just have to look at my list the list of episodes um oh no I also did uh we did I did rear window which I also gave a 10 out of 10 uh, but this is better than Rear Window, so this is, yeah, I just think it's great. Better than Rear Window? Y- yes. Wow. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. Do you guys have any final things you want to say before we wrap up, just in general? Uh, thanks for having me back. This yeah. Yeah, that's, that's well. Thanks for having me for yeah. this time. Yeah, uh, great. Yeah, and uh, you know we can. I would love to have you guys on again. This is really, this is really fun. This is really good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no dramas. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week where we will be. I don't know what I'll be doing next week, but uh, just tune in. Uh, listen to all the other episodes if you haven't listened to them, or just listen to them again. They, uh, yeah, just listen to them again and again until a new one comes out. Um, I'm all for repeat listings and repeat viewings, so go ahead and do it. Yes. Put them on while you sleep. Yeah. Yes, you should do that, actually. That's a great idea. Uh, so, yeah, that is all. Uh, thank you. Uh, do you guys want to, let's, I guess, say goodbye because we're done. Uh, goodbye, everybody. See you next week.